Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Our guest today is Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe. Mike is the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Missouri, and I would like to start by asking him how he got from Walnut Park to be the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Missouri. Thank you for being with us, Mr. Lieutenant Governor. Well, Len, thanks for having me on, and thanks for your long-standing friendship and uh, support of economic development in Missouri. The answer to that question takes a long time, but uh, the grace of God and a lot of people helping me out is the short answer. I grew up in North City, St. Louis, and was fortunate enough to um, land a job washing cars with a guy named Dave Sinclair, who was the South County and is the South County Ford dealer. Hi, I'm Dave Sinclair, your South County Ford dealer. That's the guy, <laughs> and um, we were just uh, fortunate enough that Mr. Sinclair uh, kind of took me in, became my mentor, and uh, very much helped me uh, get started my business career. And fast forward, uh, helped me acquire a dealership eventually in Jefferson City. Uh, once I was in Jefferson City, I ran across a, uh, a governor named Matt Blunt, who asked remember me, him well. Who asked me to uh, become a member of the Missouri Highway and Transportation Commission. And uh, from there, it led me to some interest in politics, served some time in the Missouri State Senate. And then uh, I was humbled to be called by Governor Parson just a little over two years ago and asked to serve as uh, your 48th Lieutenant Governor. So that's the uh, Reader's Digest version. Very much Reader's Digest version. I know you were a great supporter of the transportation industry when you were on the Highway Commission. That seems like a natural progression, but... A lot of challenges there during the time you were on the Transportation Commission. A lot of challenges, but uh, as a small businessman, I've always been involved. As many uh, people that uh, you associate with that it might be listening, um, small businesses are the backbone of our economy. They're very much involved in their communities and in their state and in their country. I'm a big believer in economic development and what that can do for a community and for a state. And highways and transportations are a big piece of that economic development blanket that we have to weave together to try to make sure we keep existing businesses and attract new businesses. So being a part of the Highway and Transportation Commission was just an extension of continuing to work on what I felt was near and dear to my heart, the best thing for our state, which is economic development. Uh, there were some challenges at the time, but we worked through those challenges. Uh, Missourians approved, as you'll recall, back in 2004, Proposition 3, uh, which provided a little bit more of a short-term st- funding uh, mechanism for MoDOT and uh, uh, was by design meant to end just after four years, but uh, did it get us some good projects and nice projects here in St. Louis, I-64, a Paseo Bridge in Kansas City, et cetera. And so, you know, we I got very much involved in what does the average elected official understand or maybe not understand about the importance of transportation, how our system is funded? It's very complex, as you know. And so that got me very much involved in uh, the transportation conversation for many years now. So even though you've been a big supporter of transportation, in the meantime, you've also had to take on a lot of other issues as a state senator. 
and as lieutenant governor what are some of those issues that you're grappling with right now well we've had some big issues i always say uh, whenever you think you're going to go into a legislative session and you write down on a list all the things you want to get accomplished you might as well throw that away the second day because new things <laughs> exactly. will come up i don't care if it's the COVID issue we've just had over the last uh, and still are dealing with the last several months uh, something always new is coming up you know, a lot of issues have come before the legislature since I've been there. I seem to deal with mainly small business issues, uh, work comp issues, unemployment issues, uh, different things like that. But a lot of business tort issues, if we want to be uh, uh, economic development in our state, is good. I certainly believe everybody should have their date in court, but I don't believe that um, business owners should be but be targets on their back to uh, to have litigation brought against them as easy as sometimes it is. So a lot of uh, issues that would have to do with helping small business continue to be the backbone of our economy we dealt with uh, since I've been a state senator. Uh, and mainly, as you know, because you've been a great partner to us, a lot of conversations about how do we fund transportation. And uh, we've worked on quite a few plans. We haven't found the right one for Missourians yet. But we will, because Missourians understand how important the system is and safety to their family and, and the value it plays to the businesses they either work for or own. So eventually, at some point in time, we'll get our funding system correct. Now, we've got transportation issues. We also have workforce issues. We've got training issues. I know that there's had to be some very hard decisions made about funding for education and funding for some other parts of the budget here recently. Yeah, recently, as you know, Governor Parsons' mantra has been on infrastructure and workforce development, and um, I certainly join him on those two initiatives. I think it's, you know, keep it simple, stupid theory. Um, You know, pick two things that really change uh, the way Missourians live and families' uh, budgets operate, and that's it. Workforce development, training people, and getting them additional training to get better jobs. Missourians want to work. They want better jobs. They want to provide for their family. So us providing the conduit for our folks to take advantage of that, both young and old, I might say. And then infrastructure, obviously, as we've been talking about, uh, not just road and bridge infrastructure, by the way, internet, high-speed internet infrastructure, which has really come to the forelight if you're a family that's been at home for a while, uh, especially if you've got some kids trying to live stream their homework assignments. Those are the issues that we've concentrated on under the Parson administration. But you're right, the COVID challenge hit. It was an extreme hit to our budget, and so we've had to make some adjustments to uh, some of our budget items, uh, K-12 through education, higher education, uh, tourism, uh, just name it pretty much across the board. If you were being funded out of the portion of general revenue, GR funding we call it in our budget, you likely are taking somewhat of a little bit of a belt tightening because we as a state have to work together and uh, try to get through this. And uh, Missouri has to have a balanced budget. That's the one great thing about our Constitution. We can't just print money and do whatever we want to do. we got to live within our means. And I would, I would submit to you that Missouri families do the same thing. They have to live within their means. And so they understand when you say we've got to tighten some things up a little bit to live in this new budget environment. Uh, we'll work through it. Our economy will come back. Missourians will be back at work. Revenues will come back up. But in the meantime, we're going to kind of keep that belt tight a little bit and operate uh, within our means. Where do you see the state going 2021, 2022 long term? What are some of those future challenges that you see the state of Missouri facing? Well, I would say future opportunities because we really were on the cusp of uh, a lot of great things happening in the state before the spring of 2020. And I believe once we get through 
uh, some of the challenges that COVID has presented us that will continue to go. We had major announcements of expansions uh, across our state in the last 12 months. Uh, General Motors, one of the largest expansions they've ever done, $1.5 billion in Wentzville. Bungie was a, a agricultural company that moved their headquarters from the East Coast to, to St. Louis. Uh, we've had expansions in the Kansas City, Springfield area, Columbia area. So people are starting to understand that Missouri is a good place to do business. Uh, we have a great workforce here. We have a great attitude towards work. We have a great the ability to perform work because I think Missourians just have a good work ethic overall. Uh, and the more we promote that, the more we promote our transportation uh, advantages, I think we continue to have uh, those opportunities. We have an incredible life science and plant science corridor that runs from St. Louis through Columbia to Kansas City all the way up to St. Joe being able to take advantage of that. Of course, agriculture is our number one industry in the state with about an $88 billion impact. So continuing to support that industry and the families that run those family farms, uh, all of those things combined together, I believe what we have in the next couple of years are opportunities, way more than we have challenges. Now, if I'm one person listening to this as a citizen of Missouri, what's the best thing for me to do? Where do I go? How do I participate in trying to help make things better in the state? Well, for one, I would say running for office is not for everybody, and I would almost <laughs> discourage people from running for office. <laughs> been around that. But I think, you know, paying attention, and that's that's a good thing, whether it's at your local level, that might be your city council, maybe your school board, certainly on up to your state rep, state senator, and statewide elected officials. Understand what those people represent and what they're going to do or not do for you when they get in office. And assuming you don't want to run to be in office, I think supporting somebody who fits your mindset is very important because it's unfortunate that we, you know, we have generations and generations of Americans who have given their life and fought for our freedoms here. And I hate to see people, you know, take that for granted. And so I really would like to see people, you know, this isn't something they have to spend 20 or 30 hours a week understanding politics. They don't have to watch 24-hour news channel all day long to understand it. Just do a little bit of research and get involved with the person that's serving in office, again, whether it's a county official or a city council person, and try to make sure you're supporting the efforts of the people who represent the views that you have that fit most. Well, I think transportation is one of those issues you talked about earlier. You know, MoDOT just had to do this wage reduction and salary reduction for a number of their staff people, and all of a sudden people are waking up like, oh, I guess those people need more resources. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden it's starting to hit home, and that's a case of just being informed about the whole issue and being informed about what we really need as a state going forward. I've had quite a few people talk to me about that very issue because MoDOT has a large footprint across our state. You know, they're the ones that when you want to get from point A to B in the middle of a snowstorm, that's the yellow truck clearing the road for you. And there's friends and neighbors of ours that we go to church with or our kids play some sport with that all of a sudden found themselves in a tough position with MoDOT because of the restructuring they're doing. And people start to realize that, um, in this case, uh, gas tax revenues are significantly down. Missourians, people across the country, were not driving for several months or they were driving significant amount less than what they had been. And so that directly affects our highway budget. You know better than anybody else. Uh, it's a very large part of our funding. And so when those revenues go down, uh, we got to do something to try to uh, try to keep the programs going, keep that bridge that's being rebuilt in front of your house 
are next to your uh, farm being going and so we, we've asked some of the employees the director and the commission have asked some of the employees to maybe help us out with a little restructuring in that regard for uh, you know six or eight week period and we'll, we'll work through this and Missourians are out and about again they're buying gas and we expect those revenues to rebound and really for all the naysayers about state government I don't know of any state government or any other group of agencies that really runs a tighter ship than the folks in Missouri here. I mean, whether it's higher ed, whether it's MoDOT, whether it's whatever, I mean, they really have tightened the belt significantly. You know, the best way to do that is to, and in the average Missourian, I don't blame them unless they just couldn't sleep, looked at comparing some of our state departments to peers in other states. And I've seen those comparisons specifically in the areas you've just mentioned. But in highway and transportation, I think we rank around six or seven as far as our administrative costs to our construction budget out of all 50 states, K through 12. That commissioner, uh, Margie Van Even, does a great job with her board of education. They run a very lean machine. Zora Mulligan at Higher Ed runs a very lean machine. By the way, Zora Mulligan has had workforce development added to her plate, so she plays a key role in that issue we previously talked about. Uh, but a lot of our departments, when you look to, at them against their peer group, you'll see how efficient they run. And that's Missouri. That's the way Missourians are. That's what Missourians are all about. They're efficient folks who uh, rely on uh, their leaders to be good fiduciary with their tax dollars. And I know that's something the governor and I and your other elected officials are constantly uh, trying to focus on. And Rob Dixon just got done totally reinventing the Department of Economic Development by doing a ton of streamlining there. Top to bottom, and uh, Director Dixon has done a great job. Some of the previous announcements we talked about with the businesses locating here, um, that's Director Dixon. Out, you know, he's a Marine by trade. Every once in a while, I got to call and say, him. "All right, all right, Rob, take that Marine hat off for a minute. Let's, just talk, let's talk like a car dealer for a minute." He doesn't know what that means, but you know, Director Dixon and his department—they uh, have streamlined, but they haven't streamlined Lynn to the point where we're not effective anymore. They've just taken various pieces of economic development that didn't probably quite fit. For instance, the Missouri Arts Council was in economic development. Arts Council is a great piece to our state. It's not funded by general revenue dollars. It's funded off a special tax for arts and entertainers that uh, the theory is is to put arts back in our community, in our schools, in our senior centers, in our veterans' home. And so the legislature took the Arts Council off because Director Dixon said, you know, it's, it's great. It's a great asset, but I'd rather be concentrating purely on economic development. And they moved the Arts Council to our office. So now the Lieutenant Governor's office has that. And th- it's those kind of common sense moves you can do with some state restructuring to put the right piece is in the right spot for the best efficiencies. Mr. Lieutenant Governor, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for all your work on behalf of the state of Missouri, not just for the construction industry, but really to help make Missouri a better place to live. I, for one, and I know AGC of Missouri really appreciates all your hard work and dedication to making Missouri a great place to live. Well, like we started out, it's a a heck of a journey coming from North City, St. Louis, to the Lieutenant Governor's office. It's an incredible humbling experience. It's one I don't forget ever. And uh, it's just an honor to be able to serve people and meet many Missourians. I tell people all the time uh, that Missouri is full of people who are just ordinary, average folks doing extraordinary and above-average things, and we call it Missouri greatness. So it's a pleasure to get out and about and see those things happening across our state, and we look forward to continuing to doing it. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, 
visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.